Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Get up, get on up, get up, get on up, stay on the scene, get on up, like a sex machine, get on up. Get on up. Sports Radio 929 the game.com. It's Sam and Greg. Wait a minute. Shake on this Friday. That's all we're saying. Just a Friday morning. We're saying to you, good morning, Georgia. Good morning. And a good morning to you folks. And a happy Friday to those of you in Auburn, Georgia. Auburn, Georgia. Auburn. I got nothing for Auburn. I know you don't either. I got nothing. Let me explain what we got going on here, folks. That voice you hear is the lovely Jason Longshore. I am not Sam Crenshaw. I am not going to no, try to play the role of Sam Crenshaw no, well, today. It, it doesn't matter because it's open mic Nobody night. Nobody can do that. It's open mic night around here because we got Jason sitting in for Sam. We got Noel who's, who's in for Eric. So I'm... And we're we're both in for the morning shift. And we're all... Yeah, that's right. We're all, we're all in for those guys. And so it's going to be an interesting morning. But we'll thank you for letting us be a part of your... Uh, Holiday morning. We ain't calling it Black Friday, right? We've decided to do that because it's an obsolete term. Is it an obsolete term at this it, point? It, it, because it's not one day. It's not just the one day of shopping. And not everybody's open like they used to, right? Oh, thank Box, goodness. Because you used to do this. I did music retail back in the day. And For peaches? No, no. Not that far <laughs> back in the day, no. Um, I was Camelot in oh, yeah. Athens. Camelot music. And then I was warehouse music. Um, little FYE as well. Uh, it, it's all changed. Like all of them, I think, came under the same company by the end. But yeah, I mean, we'd open at six o'clock in the mall, and Black Friday for a music store wasn't the same yeah. as your department stores. Right. Like there would be some big sales and there'd be some things, but usually we wouldn't get the traffic until later in the day. And I actually, it, I liked it. It was fine. It, it was easy because it was an easy shift. I was just going to say, you're you, just standing around drinking coffee. Basically, and then you'd have a bunch of people come in, and they'd have a list of, I need these 10 CDs for my kids. And when you, were, when you were working there, who was the biggest artist? Who was the biggest seller? So my time yeah. in music stores was really like 99 to about 04. Oh, that was the pop years. So, yeah, a lot of pop. Um Backstreet Boys in sync, yep. Britney Spears, I Christina call that the Aguilera. TRL era. Okay, well, hang, hang on a second for the audience. Are you talking to us, or are we being are we being heard over the air? 
No, which is fine. I just want to introduce you. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking to you. Okay, yeah. okay. Trying okay. to add to the conversation. Uh, you are. Join the party. Yes, Come you on. are. Now, Noel, you got to turn it up some. Because you got that soft, you know, this ain't a 976 call. This is We need that We need that voice. Even though it's nice. But So anyway, this is Noel. And, and, and I wanted to really do a, a proper introduction to her. Because she's going to be working with us on Sunday, too. Sam. Sam and I. And Noel's been here. And she's one of those people you can tell is on the upward trajectory. Now she's of not going. She's not going to be taking your seat with Atlanta United, but she's going to end up someplace in this business in a prominent position. Mm-hmm. So we are really excited to have you work with well Jason and I today. But Sam and I are looking forward to working with you, and we see you around here all the time. And she, she is. How would you? Say, I mean, just as just as coke is coquettish a good word to use for her. Ooh, that's that's a term that's a, that doesn't get used as much that's right. these days. Because she has a very you unique out there. She has a very unique look about yes. her, right? And and this is not something that's gonna get me in HR. Be careful. No, no, I'm good. I'm all good. She knows no, we're good. No, 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 yeah, no, we're good. Good. no. Greg can go off the rails. I'm just I making can. sure. Oh, I'm completely off. I got one wheel on him right now. <laughs> because I wanted to give her a proper introduction. But she she's coquettish and she is as strong as anybody who walks through those doors on top of it. So I'm just saying, you don't want to mess with Oh no, 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 no. Yeah, no, yeah. I have done enough Atlanta soccer tonight, so Noel. I, I I know. I know. We had to deal with a, a day where we were supposed to have an Atlanta United two game on the air and the field wasn't playable and we had to figure it out on the fly. Yeah, that was real up in the were, air. We go on the air and we don't know if a game's gonna get played. <laughs> it was chaos. Not only that, you guys got you guys got uh, messed around during the last um was it the uh, the, the, the the marathon? Was it a few weeks ago when? Oh yeah, Jason wasn't here for that one. Yeah, oh, that was that was Joe that? and Fricky and uh, and Harper and I. Yeah, we got uh we got messed up on that one. The uh, oh. the uh, the uh, the um the the Wade Ford. Oh yeah, following yeah. us and there was a marathon unbeknownst to some <laughs> some of those and you couldn't cross the street. So you had a bunch of guys that were supposed to be up Harper Labelle couldn't cross the street. <laughs> yeah, we we were trickling in one at a time. Yeah, it was, it was kind of funny. Well, anyway, suffice to say that um, I, I couldn't be happier that you're here and and the compliment continues by saying all that nice stuff about you, but yet don't mess with you because you're like Joe Pesci. You know, they, I, I had teachers. They used to call me Nino Brown and stuff like this. No, is, I would never do this that. is something. Never do that. This is something that has persisted for a long time. But you know, I, I like the compliment. Yeah, no, I'm gonna give you plenty of compliments. Nino Brown, I don't know. Although, if you, <laughs> did you give out turkeys yesterday? No turkeys, no, no turkeys. turkeys. But I used to I used to sell a lot of candy in DeKalb County. All right, a lot of candy. Now, having said that, and bringing up turkeys, we we hope first of all that you had a wonderful day yesterday. Was there turkey in your Thursday, Mr. Longshore? There was a little bit of turkey. Um, didn't do the big like dinner or anything like that. Just honestly kept it so low-key. One, because mm-hmm. I was going to be in here early in the morning. And two, it's just been for me, like since the Atlanta United season ended, I was on a run of games in September, October, where it felt like I was doing a game every day between the college games, the Atlanta United games, Atlanta United 2, I've needed some time to decompress, okay. so I've been trying to do a whole lot of nothing as of late. I don't blame you, man. Uh, once again, Jason Longshore in for Sam Crenshaw, Sam and Greg, Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, 92.9 The Game.com. We are in for the morning shift. You know, Jason, when we do these mornings, we do these days, Monday through Friday, we're actually in for two shows. Cause That's we right. Because we morph into the steakhouse. We're, we're filling the roles of everybody today. I'm, thank you. It doesn't reflect that in the, you know, the no, thing that doesn't. happens twice a you know. It uh, doesn't. Before I ask you um, about 
Atlanta United, now that the season's over with, kind of give an overview, and we're going to be talking more about Atlanta United later on in the show. One of the things that Sam and I do when we are gone for the Monday through Friday, whether we come out on a Saturday or Sunday, we like to give a story of the week, mm-hmm. stuff that's happened. And it doesn't have to be sports-related. Now, I gave one yesterday, and, and, and mine, I'll be honest with you, was the passing of Rosalind Carter, Carter yeah. and, and, and that. And I just thought that was apropos, and Sam had his. But I thought I'd ask you... What is your story of this this particular week, if you have one? Yeah, mine was, and I'm, of, of course I'm going to stick with soccer. I talked about it a little bit on Atlanta Soccer tonight on Tuesday. But Brazil and Argentina played in a World Cup qualifier in Rio on Tuesday night. And one, that game is always a spectacle no matter what. Last time they played in the last World Cup cycle, the game got five minutes in, and this was still during the pandemic, and Brazilian health officials stormed the field, literally. One of them had a gun in his back pocket to stop the game because players from Argentina had supposedly broken Brazilian quarantine rules. So that just gives you a sense of where this is. There's been a lot of talk about Brazil trying to keep their perfect home record in World Cup qualifying. They had never lost in a World Cup qualifier at home, ever, in the history of the World Cup. Well, they did on Tuesday night to Argentina. Oops. Oops. Brazilian police attacked Argentine fans in the stands. The game got delayed by a half hour. And in the game, Brazil committed 26 fouls in this game. That's more than a typical game involving both teams. That's one team committing it. And it's one thing when teams play defensively and, and play in that style, and it happens, and, and you normally see it with lesser teams. But it's always, and I guess my story about this is, and we see it in all sports, teams have an identity in terms of what you expect from them. You see the the, the big star, Dallas Cowboys, you expect a big-time team. You expect a team that's going to be successful. The Yankees, you expect a team that's going to be successful. Brazil, you expect a team that's going to be successful, but you also expect them to be attack-minded and scoring goals and pulling all the fancy plays. Joga Bonito, you don't expect 26 fouls. You don't expect them kicking people all over the place. You don't expect them to play in such a cynical way. Calling the Argentine players cowards for walking off the field while the Brazilian police were attacking Argentine fans in the stands. You don't expect that out of Brazil, but that's where they are right now. They're at this point where they have an interim manager who is also managing a club team waiting on Carlo Ancelotti, who's one of the best managers in the world, to hopefully show up after his season at Real Madrid ends. But Brazil is in a spot now where their qualification for 2026 isn't guaranteed. They're in the last automatic spot right now. There's a lot of games left. It's Brazil. They should be fine. But they're not fine right now. And it's sad to see a team that you expect to be up here at the highest levels of the sport to be reduced to kicking people and committing 26 fouls and just being cynical and a nasty style of soccer. It's not what you expect out of that yellow shirt from Brazil. Wow. Yeah, okay, that's your story. That's your There's story a lot week. in that game. There that a, was a wild game. I have so many questions. And so when many you have a goalkeeper on the other team, who it, like the Argentine players ran over to in front of the section where the Argentine fans were at the Maracanã, one of the famous stadiums in the world. The players go over there. They're trying to get everybody to calm down. Right. You have policemen like swinging nightsticks at Argentine fans. The goalkeeper for Argentina jumps up to try to grab the nightstick to stop the guy. Like, that's what's happening before they play the game. Man. Okay, so here's 
and again, Jason Longshore is in for Sam this morning. You weren't ready for lot, that. No, no. I, but see, I love this sort of stuff. I love being educated. I love trying to absorb as much as I can new information. And I act like the person who is inquisitive about it. I don't understand it. And I'm going to say to you right now, that's one of the reasons why I don't think it is going to ever have the 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 latching on, if you will, the connection with fans in America like there is in places around the world, like Brazil and all these other yeah, places. Yeah, I don't think it's... Because there's no gunplay. Yeah, right? yeah. And I'll tell you why. Because if there was gunplay in sports, we would have seen it in football, because that's our soccer. But it's different cultures. I mean, you got to remember, you, well, you're talking about different cultures, different countries, different just cultural norms. But also, you do have to remember, too, that here... Our passions get divided to a degree. We've, yes, we've got football. We've got basketball. We've got baseball. Um, we've got hockey. We've got soccer. We've got a million other things. In Brazil? That's it? Yes, no, soccer. I understand. And listen, but we, when I hear about things like you just talked about, when I hear about judges getting killed, when I hear about officials, excuse me, refs getting killed, shot that at. That does not like that. happen all that often, first it off. It doesn't. Yeah. And I'm, re- and I'm reaching. I'm just saying I've never heard it in other sports. But yeah. see, I like talking to you to to talk me off the ledge and, and, and change perception because that's really what it is. There's a perception about this sport or the fans that follow it in different parts of the world. Yeah, see, I've been doing a lot of historical stuff here lately. We're working on a History of Atlanta soccer podcast um, with Atlanta United. Really? We've got a couple issues, a couple episodes out. Um, we're still really early on in the process of, of where we're telling the story. But when you go back through Atlanta Journal Constitutions, for example, and you you just search for soccer through different years, right? You'll see the effects of what people wanted to portray about the sport and oh, their opinions. Well, be oh. in the stories that are selected, because okay. you will see the in a random game in a random country there was a fight and people were arrested. And you'll see that kind of stuff. That's the only soccer that was in the newspaper for a long time. And that continued on, honestly, into the last couple of decades. I remember going back and forth with people about this when, I think it was 2010, when the U.S. made a good run in the World Cup. Mm-hmm. And there was some, again, crazy, random story that you might find in a youth football game now. That you know, you'll see that That's story. Saying, get but it's pl- only, yeah, but it's fighting, right? But you'll see that. But <laughs> that would then get blown up from a soccer perspective in another country because there were a lot of times where people did not want to cover the actual sport; it was the spectacle around it. So when you talk about sort of like, the, sort of like crashes in NASCAR as opposed exactly to the or fights in uh, hockey. Yeah, I see. Yeah. It takes me a minute. It got to bounce yeah, off yeah. the satellite for me. And it, <laughs> it comes down and I start to get it. Listen, you, y'all think I don't want to talk about this stuff, but no, I'm looking forward to the, as I, as I have said, when you're not here, the continuing education of soccer for Greg. We'll get you there. By, by Jason Longshore. So that's coming up. But we also going to talk a whole lot of football. The games from yesterday. Yep. There is a game today in the NFL. That's we got weird. local stuff going on. John Nelson's going to join us. We have a special interview coming up before the end of this hour with Dan Corso. He's the president of Atlanta Sports Council. Jason got a chance to talk to him. So we're going to replay that interview. We've got Caleb Johnson coming up talking Hawks and NBA. And Miles Garrett from Fox 5 going to let us know what the uh, Falcons are in for when they go up against the Saints this weekend. Just getting started. Noel's behind the glass. Jason Longshore in for Sam. Sam and Greg on this Friday morning in for the morning chip. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. 92.9thegame.com. And, yep, y'all can take us with you on the Odyssey app.
popping for a minute. Let the music play on. Like me some line. Everybody sing. Everybody dance. Anyway, while Lose yourself in wild romance. We're going to Jason Long. Anyway, let's do this thing. Sam and Craig, Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. 92.9thegame.com. Mr. Crenshaw is preparing for tonight's high school scoreboard show. 92.9 The Game's high school scoreboard show. Things are getting, getting down and nitty gritty. Right so, you know, he's got to prep for that. And he is um, he's sleeping in along with Eric. Eric's will be working with him tonight, too. So, can't blame in. him. You're here. Noel's here. And, and by the way, I just heard something for the first time. When did we get that? Can you play that little intro that we had? The, when did I get a bumper on yeah, this show? Yeah, we got. Oh, you can't. It's in the computer. You can't just go back to it. <laughs> I can, We couldn't hear you there, Noel. I would have to play it over the air, but uh, yeah, yeah they, they play it on the air. They got you. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, if you got it, I heard that one before. I, oh, yeah, I didn't know you. I was that special. You know Anyone? what? This could be a Mike Conti production. He might have made a call. Could be. I think he did. He's got Let's that go. kind of power. See? We ready? We ready? Yeah. Let's do it. Oh! I am grateful. Yeah, somebody did that for us special. I feel like I moved up That's in the world. That was nice, wasn't it? Sound, it sounded nice. It, wow. it, it did. That, that it sounds did. like a Mike Conti production. So wow. we, want, we want to thank Mike for I'm that. not just a random fill-in anymore. No, you ain't. You never were. Amazing. Not at all. On this on this uh, this Friday morning, we're trying to avoid saying Black Friday, but, you know, it's it's, it's Friday. Because these these deals, what, what, what used to be, is now spread out over a period of it, time. It's not what it used to be where people would be lined up. I know there, exactly. there still are in certain places. There are some stores that are still doing things, and, and and I get it, but it used to be driven by the malls. And it's crazy to think, I mean, not that long ago, that malls were where Black Friday, where everything exactly, was driven exactly. to. And now it's like, no, you, you go online and, and you can do it on Thursday. You can do it on Wednesday. I think there were Black Friday deals that started Monday. Exactly. And then there's Cyber Monday, and that's a whole nother thing. And yeah. it's crazy. And, and the malls, when they were at their peak, they, it was a yogiism. Nobody goes there anymore. It's too crowded. <laughs> Black Fridays, they did not. The busiest day, though, everybody thinks Black Friday was the busiest day in the mall. The busiest day was the Saturday before Christmas. Wherever it fell, that was the day in the stores that I worked in that we had the biggest sales all year. For it was me, the Saturday before Christmas. Because I, I ran a few Foot Lockers, and for yep. me, it was that Saturday and the Saturday before back to school. That that yeah. Sunday before back to yeah, school. Yeah, see, I was music, so like the the back to school had nothing to do with oh. it. But the Saturday before Christmas, like everybody would look at Black Friday as your biggest day, but it wasn't. It was a good day. It was that Saturday before where it was just insane. In chaos. Yeah. Chaos. I had a paper route. I had a paper route too. You guys had footlockers. No, I did a paper had route too. Jobs. I, had a, I, I had delivered the Atlanta route. Journal afternoon paper really? when I was in college. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man! No, I mean, did you have one when you had your like Stingray bike? No, I didn't do the bike. No, See, I, no. I, I was throwing it out, out of the window of my car. I paid for. I I got my first ten speed wow. for the tips I got, which by the way was a conversation we had at dinner last night, and and I'm sure there are other people who talked about it, but this was the first time I had like the 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 millennials in front of me, mm-hmm. and we started talking about you know various things, and I I asked their opinion about something, and they just went sideways. And I said, is it just me, or I don't care where you go. Pretty soon at the gas station, somebody's going to be asking me for a tip. Yeah. Yeah, the, and they the, just the tip went, line has been added to just, just about every receipt everywhere now. And so the, they started complaining about it. I said, hang on a second. This is y'all's fault. 
Because this is this one's something everybody, you know, <laughs> like um, Gen X and baby booners. And uh, I don't know which generation started it. Maybe it was post-pandemic where everybody who went back to work just figured, if I'm coming into work, y'all going to tip me. It definitely ramped up then. Like, it definitely jumped up after 20, for sure. <laughs> John Nelson is going to be joining us. Got a, a nice interview with uh, Jason talking to Dan Corso. He's the president of Atlanta Sports Council. That is coming up in our next segment. Going to talk a lot more Atlanta United. Obviously, Caleb Johnson, NBA, and Miles Garrett, Falcons, and NFL. And speaking of the NFL, how many games did you get a chance to see yesterday, man? It was It was one of those just... Beautiful days if you're a football fan. Yeah, I was kind of peeking in on all the different games as they went. Um, my biggest takeaway is I hated those stupid Seattle uniforms. <laughs> I hate those uniforms the, with the a ones? passion. And they deserve to lose in those uniforms. Now, which ones do you – okay, those particular uniforms, because see, when I look at them, I just the think of Oregon. I just think Ugh. of the Ducks because Oregon does that. they got 18 different uniforms. Right, all these different combinations. They're making all these. All this revenue is coming into that university. They go so extreme with all the combinations. It's almost like a whole different planet for Oregon. And and you've got Nike next door and and Phil Knight giving them everything they need. The NFL, like I don't know that that uniform just feels so out of place at the professional level. But then you know why they're doing it. Remember when Thursday Night Football started and everybody wore one color? Yeah, that was horrible too. I know you know what I mean. But there's they sold those. Left and right. I, the I think, color rush. Yeah. 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 I remember we had one. We only wore one time. Did they all One red? Thursday. Yep. Yeah. We wore it all red one time. It didn't work. I, I, like the, the pro combat ones that Nike did in college, the, the ones that Georgia did, they did it one time against Boise State, and it was horrible. Like, there's some that you don't mess with. And Seattle, look, I know they've, they've messed with their, their style a few times. But when I think of Seattle, I think of the blue, little bit of green, like a little yeah. bit of green and the silver pants, simple, classy look. Sean Alexander like, style. Highlight. I'll, I'll go back to Kurt Warner and oh wow, and Kurt uh, Warner. And I thought guys. you were going to say what was the other guy, the, the quarterback? Not not quarterback Kurt Warner, running back Kurt Warner. Wow, I'm going way back. What, was it Jim Zorn? Yeah, Steve Largent. To him? Let's Ar- go. Largent. I, they wouldn't wear those crazy highlighter yeah. yellow things. Come on. But they played in the kingdom. The 49ers have been. Whooping up on Seattle here lately. I, I I just I just wonder if I'm a 49ers fan that the second that Christian McCaffrey gets hurt, you guys are done because he is your he's he's your Swiss Army knife. How many teams are in that boat though? Where it, if he, one guy goes down, that's it. But how many teams have a guy like this? I mean, not many. He is not many. he is unique. Yep. And so for him and that team, and how many times have we seen? You know, they talk about you know Shanahan being this. Offensive genius, but yeah, he just gets right up there and it it doesn't make it across the finish line. So when he does that, then we'll call him that. But he's been given this title long before he shut it down. And don't say that here in this city or this area code because we remember what he was. No, I remember. I saw it. You know, when he was running that offense here. No, I remember. Uh, Again. Sam and Greg, uh, Jason Longshore, in for uh, Mr. Crenshaw this morning. Sports Radio, 92.9thegame, 92.9thegame.com. Another team that, uh, well, Seattle is the uniforms, but what about the Cowboys and what they did to Washington? And do you feel like they are hitting a stride that they may make a noise? Or do you still feel like that, that uh, Philadelphia is the class of that division? I think Dallas is right there. I, I think they're going to show over these next few weeks if they are a legit Super Bowl contender. I think they're right underneath it. But how many times over the past few years have we had this conversation about Dallas where it's like, are they for real, for real? 
are they for real, for real, for real? I, we're probably on like five for reals at this point when it comes to Dallas. They're, I, they're really close. They're really close. I got three coaches here that have done some magical things this season, or the teams have, and you want to hang your hat up. First of all, forget about Seattle with me. I'm so over Pete Carroll. I want to yeah, walk into traffic. It's it's time. All right? it's and time. and the fact that and the thing that's made me <laughs> maddest about him is that Sean Payton has finally turned the corner in Denver, and Russell Wilson has shown you a little bit of what he was. A little bit. And that guy, if he ascends, and they actually he starts to listen to Sean Payton, and Sean Payton gets him to do what he wants him to do, and they start making some noise. I'm with every positive thing that happens to Russell Wilson. I'm going to be mad at Pete Carroll because this dude should be introduced as two-time Super Bowl champion Russell Wilson. Yeah, right. Oh, 100 percent. And the fact that he snatched it away from him yep. because of hubris. Yeah. Oh, oh. So, um, I'm looking at 49ers. Okay. And that coach. Yep. I'm looking at what's going on with the Cowboys and that coach. And I don't trust either one of those two when it comes down to crunch time, especially Mike McCarthy. All right, hmm. whether he can tell time or 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 call in the right play, <laughs> I just don't trust that dude. The X factor for me is Dan Campbell with the Lions. Yeah. I know they lost yesterday, but of those those three coaches that were in those three games, those are the two. Those are the three I believe whose teams will rise to the top when it's all said and done. You're putting the Lions as, in that conversation. I'm putting them in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, playoffs. Yeah. Okay, so that's all I'm saying. They're gonna and and they should win the division. I ain't scared of Minnesota, Green Bay. Okay, you got. You did something yesterday, but I still think hey, Dan Jordan Campbell, Love's starting to come into his own, though. He is, but Dan Campbell is one of these guys who seems to, who when they lose, gets them ready for that next game. You, you've bought into the Dan Campbell hype. No, I'm not. I'm, no, I'm, Are I'm you not. Sure? I'm not drinking the Kool Aid. Uh-huh. I'm just saying, but look where he is and look what he's done. True. It's like True. bringing up a potato. You didn't think this thing was underground, but yet look at the size of it. Now that we pull it's it, like un- bring it up a potato. It. You like that? I just, I just came to mind. <laughs> You know, you don't know what you got underground. Then you somebody who knows how to, you know, do some gardening. Wow, go, I didn't see that one. Pull coming. that out and go, hey, look at this beautiful. And next thing you know, somebody slapping a blue ribbon on it. I, see, I don't think it's got a blue ribbon on it yet. Though. No, it like, doesn't. It doesn't. But it, it's it not is, bad. It's out of the ground, and yeah, it looks great. Yeah, it's not bad. And and it was never there before in our lifetime. Yeah, that's true. We had Sean Belegian on here yesterday from WJR talked about the fact that in his lifetime, the Lions have won or in the Super Bowl era won one playoff game. Yeah, that's crazy. That's nuts. One. Right? So what they're doing right now, the only thing that, that, that dims the spotlight from what's going on with them is what's going on down the street in Ann Arbor. <laughs> Which we will you get ready, to. You ready to get into that one <laughs> no, now? No, no, no. I'm just saying that's the only thing that, that dims the light. The Lions could have that whole area right now because Michigan State – listen, Michigan State is – what's oh, that commercial yeah. where you – what's the airline where you say you wish you could leave or you wish you – could be somewhere else. I forgot. What What, what am I talking about? That, that want to get away. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, what, that's what the entire University of Michigan State wants to do. Basically. You want to get away? So you don't have to worry about them. No. And and so Ann Arbor and, and what's going on around there, they've got not only the football world looking at them for various reasons. Yeah, various is the right word. But yet um, now you have what's going on professionally, and you never had those two happening at the same time. Do you get that a little bit here too, though, with what's happened with Georgia over the past couple of years, back-to-back national championships? Does it raise Who's the, other the team? expectation for the Falcons? Oh, oh, does oh, it no, does no, it no, affect no. it that way? No, Do, I, is that the same in Michigan with what Harbaugh has done and maybe did some things that he shouldn't have done, possibly, maybe allegedly, 
Um, does hmm. that raise the expectation for the Lions? Does it change No, because that? I don't think there were any. There were any, and there are two sides of the spectrum. There's all manner of expectations with, with Michigan, the football, with the Wolverines. Yeah, for sure. And the Lions, they're like, you know, give us a nice game on Thanksgiving, and we'll be yeah, happy. Yeah, but I, I see this happen in across sports, where in a city, and, and we've seen it here in Atlanta, where the Braves had the run that they had, and then they've had another run here lately where they've been very, very good. They've got a World Series. They've been very, very good. I think that does affect the other teams in town. I think there really? is there is a See, conversation I, I where it starts to raise expectations of, well, they're doing it. Why aren't you? And questions start to get asked. That's something I'm going to ruminate on during this commercial break. Okay. And we will come back to that. After we have this interview, which you did a wonderful job on, we're going to play that next. You got a chance to talk to uh, Dan Corso? Yeah, I had a chance to talk to Dan Corso, president of the Atlanta Sports Council. The Copa America opening match is coming here to Atlanta next summer. We talked about that. We talked about World Cup coming in 26. Great conversation. Check it out coming up. That's up next. Hey, well, take us out there. You, you got, you're on the promo now, so you can take us to the No, break. no, you got it. You got it. I'm, I'm just in a <laughs> fill-in promo. You got it. You're good. Sam and Greg, uh, this morning, Mr. Crenshaw is uh, being uh, sat in for by Jason Longshore. You just heard That's a minute me. ago. And Noel. It's Sports Radio 929 The Game, 929thegame.com. And take us with you on the Odyssey app. Sports Radio 929 The Game, 929thegame.com. I want to thank you for letting me and Sam and Jason be a part of your holiday. I should just leave it at that. Our holiday, Thursday, yesterday, and today. Uh, we're going to be back here in a little bit talking a lot of local stuff here, get into the Hawks and NBA. But Jason Longshore, who is in for Mr. Crenshaw this morning, had an opportunity to sit down with the president of Atlanta Sports Council this past week, Dan Corsa. Talked about a number of things, but obviously when it's Jason, you're going to talk some soccer. Anyway, want to replay that sit-down for you. So once again, Jason Longshore sitting down with Dan Corso, president of Atlanta Sports Council, right here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Now joined by the president of the Atlanta Sports Council, Dan Corso. Dan, thanks for taking some time for us tonight. Oh, yeah. It's great to uh, great to join you and love what you guys do. Appreciate uh, what you do to support uh, the game of soccer in Atlanta United here in, uh, in, our, in our community. It's been amazing to see the growth of everything over the years and now an event that we have never had in Atlanta before, Copa America. The opening match is going to be in Atlanta. Walk us through the process of bringing this huge event to our city. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and calling it huge is a good word for it, Jason. Um, it is the uh, actually the world's oldest soccer tournament. Starting back in 1916, it's a quadrennial tournament. And uh, we'll bring together, uh, together some of the best um, teams uh, from uh, the South American region and North American region. So, um just learned uh, last night that the U.S. qualified, right, which is great news. Very, very exciting. Uh, perfect timing uh, on the announcement day uh, that Atlanta would be hosting a big part of this tournament that the U.S. team qualifies. So uh, love that that happened. Um, but, you know, uh, as you said, it is uh, a really, really big tournament. 16 total teams, uh, just incredible, passionate fan bases. Uh, you're looking at teams like Argentina, uh, Brazil, Mexico, U the U.S. Uh, as I guess the core teams within that group. 
So we're really excited. And uh, the news uh, just announced that Atlanta and Mercedes-Benz Stadium would be hosting the opening match of the tournament, which is June 20th of 2024. Uh, and you know, um, you're going to get one of those good teams to be a part of that, at least in that matchup, one of the teams in that matchup. So just an incredible opportunity and uh, so thankful for uh, the partnership uh, with the team over at Atlanta uh, United, uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium, City of Atlanta, and everybody that went and uh, got involved in this process to make it happen. How big of a deal do you think an event like this is? I know we're going to talk World Cup here in a second, and mm -hmm. this is not quite that, but as close as you can possibly be to that, how big of a deal is this going to be next summer? Well, I think it's huge. Anytime you can get um, a, a mega event or a major event to come into our community, because it's such a competitive process, right? Cities all over would like to host a Copa or a FIFA World Cup or any other major sporting event that that's on a rotational basis. So for our uh, region to be able to host this event is a, is a big accomplishment because it, it is very competitive. But in the sense of soccer, and if you look at what Atlanta United have done to raise our soccer profile around the world uh, and the success of that franchise on and off the pitch, I think has really, really helped in the message that Atlanta in the state of Georgia is a soccer hotbed. And having these events call Atlanta and the state of Georgia as, the, as a destination for their events, I think, adds to that narrative. You could also add the fact that, you know, with the recent news that U.S. soccer is going to name Atlanta as their uh, headquarters and their training center uh, is another feather in the cap and just a, a great accomplishment for all of those organizations that put the time and effort to make that happen. So now you've got Atlanta United winning the cup, hosting an MLS All-Star game here in Atlanta. Then you've got um, U.S. soccer calling Atlanta home. You've got the Copa America news. We had the EPL uh, Summer Series earlier this year, right? So four um, great teams from the EPL participating in Atlanta. And then, of course, the road to the World Cup in 20, 2026. So all of that great soccer activity uh, from an event standpoint and from a just a day-to-day -day, um, part of our profile, I think is really huge. And then, of course, you got groups like, you know, Soccer in the Streets and Station Soccer that are impacting the community through the sport, um, it just all adds up to be just um, a great, great um, part of Atlanta's story as to how soccer is really impacting our community. How much has that changed during your time in bringing these big events to the city across all the sporting spectrum to now, instead of going out and trying to bring the Mexican national team or the Gold Cup, for example, mm -hmm. now you have people knocking on your door wanting to bring soccer events to the city. How much has that changed over your time? Well, it's as I said earlier, it's getting more competitive because now you have more and more markets that are coming online with bigger venues, better venues. Um, nothing like what we have here, of course. But uh, so and, and these events know that cities want to host them. So they'll shop it around a little bit and see, you know, what types of arrangements that they can make in, in different markets. We happen to have uh, a great infrastructure with a stadium. Uh, a great corporate community, a great volunteer network of, of Atlantans and Georgians that want to be a part of this event to help uh, out put on help put on these events. You've got the um, transportation infrastructure, right? You've got great media that supports these events. So you know, hotels and hospitality all around um, the region. So all of that adds up from a, from a hosting standpoint. It's really tough tough to beat that combination, but. 
you know, at the same time, you know, you've got um, you've got opportunities to create legacies and, and, and positive social impacts from hosting these events. So it's not all about economic benefit, right, from hosting them. There's an opportunity to really create a difference in the market and to help perhaps different parts of our community, um, you know, stand out a little bit when we're hosting these events and try to find ways to, to benefit them, in, you know, when these events come to town. So, look, they're they're big. Uh, they take a lot of work uh, to put on. It's not an overnight turn the switch and here comes the event. Uh, but when the, the major events that have a recruitment process uh, where it's managed by an organization, that's the role that we play. Sometimes there's an event that goes directly to a venue and says, hey, we want to bring our event. You have this date available. And then that venue will work directly with that event, you know, on a case by case basis. But when it's a large city, a competitive city to city bid, that's where we get involved. Let's talk a little bit about 2026 and just where things stand. It feels like it's a long way away, but we know in, in this kind of space, it, you never have enough time to prepare for everything. Where does everything stand in terms of what games Atlanta is going to get, when that announcement could be coming, and just the preparation for hosting multiple World Cup games in a few years? Yeah, I like the way you, you put that, uh, Jason, because that's kind of how we live right now. We, we want it to happen tomorrow, but we also want 10 more years. You know, yes. it's, like, it's like, and I wish it was here, you know, now. Um, so if you look back, this process began back in 2017 when we first received notification that um, North America was going to put forth a bid to FIFA to host it. And that was the call to action for cities, including Atlanta, to say, get on board. And I think there was 32, maybe more cities that wanted to be a part of it. Well, during that phase, well, North America was going after the event. They cut it down to 16, right? And so Atlanta made the cut. So they put that list to FIFA. Of course, in 2018, North America was named the host country. First time ever, or countries, I should say, three countries participating in the bid. First time ever. So Canada, U.S., and Mexico all together, 16 cities amongst those three countries. And ever since that point in time, we've been working with FIFA to kind of get prepared. So um, fast forward to today, five years later, we're still in that prep mode, still working with FIFA, taking information as they give it, um, meeting with them in person, virtually, over the phone, meeting with other cities to talk about how they're preparing. Because what's unique about this event, unlike a Super Bowl or unlike a college football playoff championship, which we have coming up in 2025, right? right. Yeah, that's one event, one city, one day. This is... 11 U.S. cities, 16 in total, hosting the same event over a 30 to 40 day period. So there's a lot of learning that you can do. Like, how are we integrating with Miami, the other city in the Southeast that's hosting matches? What can we do to cross promote with Miami, you know, for fans that are coming from, you know, um, abroad to participate in both of our markets? So uh, I find that really refreshing. That's been a great part of this process to work with other cities and listen and learn how they're doing and for them to ask us kind of how we're approaching things. At the same time, we're all talking to FIFA about our respective plans and what we're doing locally to prepare with them. Um, understand that this is FIFA's event, right? And so they, they operate the event and it's our role to kind of get everything ready to go for them when they come to town and put on the big show. So uh, that's an interesting um, part of the planning for us as well. So I think we're we're ready to go. We've got a great uh, group of organizations involved in the planning, multiple organizations 
the city, the state, the stadium, the ACDB, uh, corporations, um, soccer in the streets, just every, a lot of groups are involved in this. So uh, we are awaiting FIFA to announce the tournament schedule. Uh, we hope to have that by the end of the year. We've been told that it's coming. And that is the time that uh, we will know exactly how many matches Atlanta will host, the dates of those matches, and the level of the tournament that we will host. Cannot wait for that announcement. Still got my fingers crossed for a semifinal. I know it's crazy competitive right now around the country. But I want to finish with this. You mentioned legacy a couple of times. And that is something that's close to my heart, having worked for soccer in the streets and understanding just the power of sport. With these soccer events coming and Copa America first and maybe a Club World Cup in 2025 and then the World Cup in 26, what is is your role in kind of tying all those connections with soccer in the streets and the city and the, the county and, and all of those aspects to leave a legacy after the event's done? Well, you really work closely with the event organizer. So in the case, you know, Calm the Ball with the Copa and um, FIFA with the club, if that happens here. And then, of course, FIFA with the World Cup in 26. So you kind of work with them to engage local partners at the city, uh, at the community level. A lot of leaders, a lot of organizations involved in that. And you kind of figure out, OK, what's unique to our market that the, the event organizer would like to, to be a part of? Um, and for us, I think it always goes down to um, uh, youth, you know, in a lot of cases uh, and growing the game of soccer. In these particular cases, they're all uh, intent on growing the game, which is kind of interesting because it's the more, what's most popular sport, right? And game is soccer. It's played everywhere. But yet the idea is how do we continue to grow it? And so I think, you know, how do, how do we look at ways of doing that uh, in our community? But we also look beyond just Metro Atlanta and look throughout different parts of the state. And so how can we help support communities in other parts of the state through the hosting of this event? Even though the matches are held in downtown Atlanta over the period of time of the World Cup or the Copa, doesn't mean that you know, other parts of the region of the state can, cannot benefit from it. So we'll look at ways of identifying that. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. That was our own Jason Longshore talking to uh, Dan Corso. Nice job. Hey, yeah, I've done this a few times. Yes, you, you know. have. You, see, you, know. <laughs> you have. Now, Dan Dan was great. Um, the Atlanta Sports Council is such an important role with the city with bringing big events. But mm-hmm. right now in the soccer space, Atlanta's got the opening match to the Copa America coming next summer. We've got maybe Club World Cup games coming in 25. We know multiple World Cup games 26. in 2026 and maybe Women's World Cup in 2027 if that gets done. I don't know if the city is ready for the scale of what's coming. See, this is what I wanted to talk to you about because I we talk about this being an international city all the time. This is one of those things that's going to test it. And yep. by then, A, that south side of the airport will be complete, yep. ho- hopefully. Yep. A lot of the roads that have been under construction and inadequate will be taken care of. Yes. There is a, a bigger picture, and it seems like people are doing their jobs because, as you mentioned, we got the Braves getting the All-Star game back in 25. Mm-hmm. You top possibly with the soccer. Thing. Then the facility that's being built, the indoor facility that's going to be the gold standard here in this yep. country, I would imagine, in preparation for the World Cup in 26. Here's the thing to keep in mind, though, with that World Cup in 2026. An All-Star game, a Super Bowl, a national championship game, one-day events, they're great, they're big. You're going to have, in the World Cup in 2026, maybe six or seven of those in a month. Yes, yeah. 
like six or seven Super Bowls in a month here. So just for those of us old enough to remember what the Olympics were like for two weeks and how crazy it was getting it's around this city. going to be maybe crazier, honestly, yeah, because it's not going to be spread out. You're not going to have the little small events going yeah, like in different Conyers parts. And all that. Yeah, all and then the right ones that don't there. draw us big, these are all going to be massive and people coming from all over the world. Well, that's Jason Longshore scaring you. So uh, just be prepared. For later <laughs> Buckle on. up and enjoy it. It's going to be a blast. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Coming up at 7 o'clock hour, Mr. Longshore is in for Mr. Crenshaw. We are in for the morning shift. It is Sam and Gret. Well, it's Sam and Jason along with Noel. Heading toward the 7 o'clock hour, we're going to be talking to John Nelson. And we're also going to hear from Noel. That is all on the way. This is Sports Radio 929 The Game, 929thegame.com. And take us with you on the Odyssey app. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 